Hi, I'm Andy Psarianos. Hi, I'm Robin Potter. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford. This is the School of School Podcast. Are you an early years teacher struggling with lack of support for lesson planning? Foundations can help. Foundations is the new reception program from Maths No Problem. It's a complete reception package with workbook journals, picture books and online teacher guides all in one place. Visit mathsnoproblem.com today to learn more. Okay, welcome back everyone for another episode of the School of School podcast. Uh, We're here with the regular crew. We've got Adam. Say hi, Adam. How you doing, Andy? Yeah, really good. And Robin? Hello, hello. How is everyone? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm great. I hope you guys are great as well. So today we're going to talk about the importance of early years maths and how the Maths No Problem Foundations uh, program can, can help set pupils on the right path. So before we get into what the Maths No Problem Foundations program is, um, let's maybe talk about why why we feel or why in general everybody feels or should feel that that early years and by early years we're talking about children preschool children so before they start their formal education in year one or grade one right why is that period so important um look adam you've run schools um why why don't you start off start us off on that one i think something really simple to think about is you think about learning anything right if you don't get the basics right at the beginning, mm. you're in trouble for the rest of your learning. And it either slows that learning down or you reach a stage where it makes learning something new impossible. So, and I think that implies to learning absolutely anything. And it's utterly true of maths. So I think that these early ideas are so fundamental to children's success, the importance can't be overstated enough. Right. And the time that's given, like if you look at the the, the program and, and I imagine this to be true of most schooling systems in the world. If you look at, at the curriculum that's given to I'll use the description Andy used about preschool children before year one, that formal schooling, it's not a massive list. Right. We're not trying to do a lot. But the time's given because of the importance of what we have to do. And we must use that time in order to embed these early ideas to set people up. And the last thing I'll say on the, on the flip side of this is I, I've done a lot of work around, say, diagnostic interviews with children that have problems both in primary school, secondary school and beyond in the UK to, to sixth form colleges. It, to a, to, I, I can't think of, I've done hundreds of these, okay? So I reckon you could probably count on one hand the children who fit into one group. The rest of them, it's the early ideas that they're missing. And they've struggled through primary school mathematics, I'd say more than struggled through secondary school mathematics, and at the first chance they get, they drop maths. Right, but the impact that that, that they can that, that it can have on them. So, like applying for apprenticeships, you've got to have basic maths. Or if you, you know, it's a nightmare for these kids. So, you know, like that goes to show what happens when we don't get these early ideas right. And I think it's kind of as simple as that. Learning anything, you will learn so much better. You will learn at a pace that's the, the, like considered the right pace. And you will access new learning forever if you continue to get these, these basics right. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's my feeling on it. I just have a question for you both because I know... 
in terms of mass and problem, our program for them starts when they are in the early years. So I guess a couple of things. One would be, how do we come to the conclusion that that was important and that was the place to start? Because so many schools, or at least, you know, when I think back of my own education and, and how, even with my children, they really didn't start learning much math until, you know, they were about five, I, I'm guessing. So, so what is it about our program that we realized that there was a need to start in the early years? Well, I suppose, you know, there's a couple of things there to unpick. And I mean, it depends how heavy we want to get into it. But ultimately, you know, mathematical thinking is not any different than any other thinking, right? So, and that's part of the challenge. By that, what I mean is, is that um, mathematics is a language that the children need to learn, just like they need to learn whatever their native language is. And the challenges are the same. It's understanding what the vocabulary is, what their parameters are, um, and those kinds of things. And that's really important in the early years. They just tend to be a little bit more, shall we say, technical for mathematics than they are for language, right? So they're maybe easier to categorize. But as far as like a learning structure goes, it's the same sort of thing. Kids are born not knowing language, as far as I know anyway. And maybe I might be wrong on that. We keep discovering stuff all the time that we didn't know. But as far as I know, kids don't know how to, they don't understand what you're saying when they're born, right? Um, they just kind of look at you. And eventually they assimilate enough information that they can start generalizing it and making sense of it, right? Um, it's the same thing for mathematics. I think the challenge is really difficult to understand what it's like not knowing the most basic thing. The difference about mathematics, I think, is, is that it's embedded in logic. And I'm just riffing here. I don't really know. I'm not an expert in this any more than anybody else. But, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that because mathematics is embedded in logic, logic seems to be something intrinsic in people. Like, people just seem to be able to do logic, right? It's part of the evolution has brought us to a point where we can we can reason and do logic. So what we're trying to do is put some kind of structure around it and some kind of vocabulary around it. I think Adam kind of nailed it right away because we know that if they don't get those fundamental ideas right before they start formal school, right, then they're going to struggle for a long time. And it's not immediately apparent, but there's some real kind of Sometimes the jargon is like pre-numeracy skills, right? Like what do you need to be able to do so that you can count or so that you can understand that number might be represented in different ways, right? Or that uh, geometry or, you know, sets, all these kinds of underlying mathematical principles. What do you need to know before you can even understand that stuff? That's usually where we want to start, right? And those skills don't appear, often don't appear like mathematics. So yeah, of course, counting is an obvious one, right? You want kids to be able to count. Like, like counting is a funny one because, you know, often, you know, you'll hear us talk about rote is not necessarily the best way to learn, but some things you can only learn by rote, right? So counting, like counting from zero to a hundred or one to a hundred is learned by rote. It's just a bunch of sounds and you need to know which one comes after which one. And same with the symbols. You need to, through sh mere repetition, remember what symbol represents the number four, let's say, right? So those things are learned by rote. Uh, and they play a very important part 
in the in the early years knowing those things right but that's not actually mathematics that's just like just remembering stuff the important things are things like being able to say okay i've got these things some of them are big some of them are small some of them are red some of them are blue some of the red things are big and small some of the, the blue things are big and small can i categorize them in those ways right so can I say these things are big, these things are small. Some of the big things are red and blue. Some of the small things are red and blue, right? Can, can you categorize things in different ways? Those are mathematical ways of thinking, right? But this isn't, that doesn't look like math. I think, I think I'm going to jump in. The other thing, the other thing and, and it follows on from what Andy's just said, is I think that there's, there's two parts to it as well that, that, that form the, a need. is One is to be able to see the world mathematically. And that's not just the children, it, it's it's the adults in the room as well. Because if we know what the maths looks like in an early years environment, which, which Andy said can take all sorts of different shapes and sizes, then we can pick up on it and ask the right questions to deepen an understanding or to, to bring an understanding on, or to identify when an understanding or, or something that they're learning has not been understood. Right. And that's that's a real skill. That's a really tricky thing to do to see the world mathematically, because not all of us are, are completely aware of, of what we're looking at and how it can relate to a mathematical idea. You know, the earliest mathematical ideas. And I think the second thing is what structures can we provide the children and the adults to support these ideas? And some structures work better than others, you know, and, and, and so those two things, because these ideas, even though they're the earliest ones, they're not easy. So you can't see this or none of the listeners can see this, but I've got some shelves above me and there's bits and pieces on. I can look at that mathematically in a million different ways. You know, I could, I could spend all day looking at it, come up with all sorts of different things, whether it's angles or numbers or da, 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 it doesn't matter. But I'm able to do that. And so if children are working on something, they're doing something, we could ask a single question that might develop a mathematical idea and allow that child to relate what they've learned and apply it to something else, to generalize, right? And build their own understanding of it, you know, through play, through exploration. That That's how they're going to see the world mathematically. But of course, at times, there's going to be support that's needed. But I think we cannot and we should never assume that us as adults can go in and think that we fully understand these early ideas just because they're simple. You know, like counting to 10. We're, all of us will do it in our sleep forever and a day till our final day. We'll never forget to count to 10, you know. So, but they're not. They're not easy. And the application of it and supporting a, a four-year-old to be able to use that at their leisure, you know, like just to pick out four somewhere, oh, there's four apples on the tree, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. That, that's, that's, not, that's not just going to happen just because, you know, just because they're in a, an educational environment. So I think those two things form the basis of like, yeah, they, they, we have to support, we have to support early years practitioners in order to, to support the children because it's not easy. And, and that's, that's the mistake that sometimes from outside can be seen, that these early ideas are easy. Yeah, and there's a lot of conflicting ideas in mathematics, which aren't necessarily, when you, when you know them, they're not necessarily obvious because you just take it for granted. Oh yeah, of course, well, that, in that instance, it means this, right? But if you, if you think of like um, 
the number four, like you could say, okay, well, you know, hey class, today we're gonna work on the number four, <laughs> which is something you might do with a bunch of four-year-olds, right? They're gonna work on the number four. Well, it's hard for like a parent to imagine how you might spend an entire day, right? Like an entire lesson on just the number four, right? Like that seems like an absurd concept, but, but actually four can be so many different things, right? And, uh, and it can be represented in so many different ways. And that's the bit I think that's hard for a lot of people to understand is how much attention needs to go to what is seemingly the most trivial and obvious thing in mathematics. You know, never, never mind things like um, the idea that, that four could be, it could be four objects or it could be the fourth object, right? Like let's say in a race, I came fourth, right? Well, you would say, so like just to give you an idea of where mathematics can get really complicated for little children, you could say, I have four, let's say, pencils. That's more, that's greater than um, three pencils, right? And that, that's okay, that's easy to understand. I came fourth in the race isn't greater than coming third in the race, right? So now all of a sudden, four and three have a different relationship depending on the context, right? You don't get on the podium for being fourth. Right, so so what, what is you know I'm not I'm not trying to make this a competition, but but those are concepts that are actually quite difficult. There's paradoxes in there, right? But I think the thing is, if I can just jump in real quickly, and then you carry on, is that you've just highlighted the importance of not knowing all of this as the limiting factor. Yeah, and it comes back to your question, Robin, about why 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 invest the time, you know, to to make a program like Foundations is if we don't have that understanding and knowledge, how can we support children through it? You know, because we must, we must, as, as adults, as educators, we must see the world mathematically because we do not know, especially in an environment like the early years, where a lot of learning is through play, through exploration, as it should be, right? It shouldn't just stop at the early years. Sure. But if we don't pick up on those opportunities... To, you know, just drop the right question at the right time. If we can't see that, if we can't see, you know, or if a child's going down the wrong path with something and their understanding's not quite right, they've got a misconception about something, then it's 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 really important that we that that we're supporting practitioners to identify these things. And the last thing I'll say, and I think this is this is what again what I've found talking in depth, sort of one to one with children who have struggled with maths. I remember watching a documentary, let's just say David Attenborough for argument's sake, and it was about a bird, right? And they lay their eggs, and the chick comes out, and whatever the chick sees first, that's their parent, right? It doesn't matter how long. So if they see a dog or whatever, the dog's going to be, that, that's, the, that's the parent for life. It's really interesting when you hear some children talk about their misconceptions. It's almost the same thing. It's like once you embed that misconception really early in the piece, it's really hard to shake. And if we don't pick up on those things early and we don't see that there's a misconception in the context of their classroom, which might be far more free-flowing, it might not be, you know, like the, the mathematical opportunities are going to happen from nine till three, then, then it's going to grow roots. And that's going to be really hard to then address later. And we may not have the same opportunities to address it later. And so I think that the lens that we have to look through as practitioners I need all the support that I can get to ensure that I'm able to assess it and then do something about it. Either, either move them on or help them, you know, help them to, to understand this idea. To give a practical example, 
if we go back to our four and three example, if it, if it never, ever, ever is introduced to you in any kind of way or ever occurs to you that four is not always greater than three, right? As like, as just that you just associate only this linear concept of mathematics where four is always greater than three, then, you know, when you get to some, something like fractions, it's really, really difficult for a child to come to terms with the fact that one-fourth or one-quarter of something is less than one-third of something, right? So there the problems start, right? The problems start because now they've, they've formulated this misconception and their idea that four has to represent more than three, and they're stuck with that idea, and they've reinforced it over and over and over and over, and over again, and now they're stuck with that idea, and now someone's proposing some completely conflicting counterintuitive idea to their to their current schema of how mathematics works but they don't do it well enough there the problem starts mm. and and by the time you know and that's it right and that the problem starts there and often those children never recover because they never get diagnosed properly like that's the issue uh, the teachers don't maybe even know that that could be an issue or that if it is an issue, what to do about it? Because it's pretty comp complex at that point, right? And 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 that's there. There becomes a problem, and those are the kids that then struggle forever, right? Yeah. And it happens because they didn't get introduced to a concept when they were four years old. Okay, so that brings me around to the question about from the teacher's perspective: Are the teachers for early years coming in with the tools you know already learned? through their, you know, their education is learning to become a teacher. They go into the early years classroom. Are they prepared to introduce these concepts or no, 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 not at all. No, and no, we don't, we don't teach them how to, we don't, we don't train them for this. We train them on other things. There's not enough time. They don't have enough professional development time to learn this stuff. So, as a school, you're then faced with, with, do I leave this to chance and hope that somehow these ideas are going to get developed properly? Because even, even as a senior part of the member of the senior leadership team, you might not even know that this is an issue, right? So do I leave this to chance and just let the teachers do the best that they can and they're good people and they want to do a great job and I'm just going to let them do the best they can and hope that it works out? Or am I gonna am I gonna you know use something in the classroom that knows these things are issues? So then here we get around to what is the National Problem Foundations program? Well, the National Problem Foundations program is a program that's taken into account all these things, all the things that children need to understand and learn before they start formal school, so that they don't run into those roadblocks later on. And that's what it is. And we do it, we do it through a very empathetic, childlike learning process, through stories, you know, where we talk and we tell a story because children love stories and they, they get embedded. And we have these wonderful stories written by, by Alan Hermanson, which are, you know, just phenomenal stories, and they captivate children. And then, but we've illustrated the, the books in such a way that, that we can break out of that story and say, okay, you know, hey, look at these cakes. Which one is bigger, right? Well, this one's taller and this one's fatter. How do I know which one's bigger? 
look at the tiles along the wall. How are they organized, you know? And, and, and we, can, we can dive into those things and help children see and recognize patterns and generalize ideas and, you know, have, have because there's a lot of things. Like we just talked about very surface things like counting and, and, and ordinal numbers, but there's lots of things in mathematics. There's volume and capacity, there's measures, there's all these things are accommodated for in the foundation series, right? Geometry, everything. So that they come out, if they go through this program, they will have had a chance to experience these, these ideas, these concepts, the way they need to, so that they're prepared later. You know, we've put the hooks down for them to come and hang their coats on, if that makes sense, right? Later and on. if I could just jump in and just say one more thing, is that the ideas are coupled with the representations and the supports that are needed to embed that idea, right? And that's not just on the day you're teaching it, because what teachers need at their fingertips is that three months down the track, a conversation or a question with a child, and they come up with a misconception, you must address it there and then. If you're not sure what to do, or you don't have those supports or those structures in your head and at your fingertips, you're stuck. You can't help that child immediately, which is so important. So I think that that's the other thing that, that the program gives to the, to, to, to the practitioners in the early years is, one, the questions that, that you can ask to assess at any point on any given day in the year, and two, how to address and move them on at any point in any given day. And once you know all of those things, it makes you a really powerful teacher and you're able to support so much better. And, and that's what we need to be able to do, to jump because of the nature of the early years. We must be able to jump and respond at the time that we're able to assess. And we never know when that's going to happen in the early years. So to go into that sort of unprepared and without those those questions and being able to respond in a way that's supportive, you know, we're not doing the children any favours. So, you know, having those things that, as Andy said, we don't we don't receive that during training, and and it takes a long time to learn. But having them as a program in front of you, with the links to the mathematical ideas, you know, you you you're going to go a long way to be be able to support those children in a way that's really productive and is good for them and sets them up, you know, to enjoy mathematics forever. Not just for at school, but forever. Good place to end. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the School of School podcast. Mm-hmm.